1: That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 178, Surviving 2021 as an Entrepreneur. I'm Matt, that's Mike, and this week, this is kind of our 2021 year in review. Uh, We've Actually, that was the old title of the episode, but we opted for this one, and we're basically just going to be going through our personal uh, 2021 and our goals for 2022 and what we're going to be fixing, correcting, and whatever went wrong in 2021, hopefully fixing and correcting that in 2022. And without further ado... Uh, this is a Mike heavy episode. He wrote a lot of the uh, the little bits and stuff like that, but we each have our own list of personal things. So um, if this sounds interesting to you, because it should, and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon. Leave a review or rating on your podcast app. Join us in our Discord server. Share this with your friends. And now, actually, without
2: further ado, Mike, please, sir, take it away. I'm going to take it away. And I, I think the title change is very apt at this point um, because it was a little bit of a surviving situation for us. At one point, it wasn't as bad as may- maybe surviving the word makes it out to seem. Uh, but we did go through kind of a little bit of a drought there for clients. As we know, with the feast or famine approach of freelancing, that's just going to happen. Like you have to accept that. And uh I think we we made the best out of the situation, though, and I'll talk about that right now. So segment segment number one is going to be a look back. So I'll look back at 2021, what it meant to be an entrepreneur during this weird, weird year um, I, I, like that's never happened before, obviously a, a year after the start of a pandemic, um, kind of, obviously nothing's over, n- nothing is ended, but it was kind of like a, a recovery and the up and downs and stuff like that in terms of COVID. But everything else for us was, it started off on a pretty big high because we had a lot of potential with a client that we've been working with for a long time. I was working as a tech lead there doing a lot of really interesting stuff. I really liked the stuff that I was working on. I really liked the team that I was leading, Um, But because of some issues with funding and because of some issues with some miscommunications and some team structure overhauls uh, in some of our contracts, it kind of fell through. And it was a slow burn to die. (laughs) Uh, So it was a really kind of disappointing and and it wasn't a shocking thing or anything to us. We, We were prepared. But eventually, we had to kind of drop one of our largest clients and our biggest money makers, and try to figure out something else to do. And that was the scary part. That was the surviving part because it was something new for us. We were reliant on something. We had made plans based on a contract that we had with them. But as we know with the world that we're in right now, as we know with kind of in entrepreneurship or freelancing in general, there's no guarantees and you have to treat everything like that. So, you get what you get from the stuff that you have, but you have to always be ready for the next thing. And that's really a huge, huge lesson that I learned this year is like adapting and being ready for the next thing is a really important skill to have. And it's actually kind of fun. So, we, we I'll, I'll talk about that in kind of like the positive section here, but I just want to go over a, a few of the negatives because of this, right? So, because of the dropped contract, we went through a period of lower income that we were not expecting. So, we we had savings. We were fine. There's no issues there. But obviously, when you were expecting to receive an X amount of money and then all of a sudden it goes away, you start to like, oh, like it kind of go, go pit in your stomach. Like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to be able to afford, you know, my rent? Am I going to be able to afford that, that, that? Um Especially down the line, like, yes, I can afford it for X amount of time, but what about then? So, you start to kind of maybe panic a little bit, but a lot of – for me was a shift to imposter syndrome. So that was a big part of my shift from that contract to something else. Cause I was like, well, I was confident during doing this. I was confident leading this team. But as soon as I started looking at other opportunities, I was like, all of a sudden my confidence started to go away because they're asking for these different technologies that I never work with, or they're asking for different credentials, or there's just stuff that I don't even want to do really. And I, I felt like I was going to be probably forced to do something like being more of a full stack or a backend guy that I didn't really want to do at that time. So there was a lot of this confidence shifting for me. So there was a lot of imposter syndrome that I had to battle through. And to do that, I think one of the biggest things that we did was we tried to better ourselves and tried to better the podcast because really I shifted a lot of my focus towards HTML, the things to try to battle imposter syndrome more than anything Uh, And I think that was a really good point, a a really good decision to make. And obviously, with all that going on, there was also COVID. So nothing, nothing ever went away with COVID. It was still there. The pandemic was still in full flight, but everything started to kind of die down a little bit. So some aspect of normalcy started to come up. So we, you know, it was kind of those like that up and down thing where you don't know when it's going to end. Is there going to be another wave? So that uncertainty really didn't help with the situation while we were going through some issues with, uh, with money and contracts. But having said that, there was definitely a lot of positives as well.
1: I so- will say mm-hmm. – I will say like this is the one year I was kind of counting my head there. Um, this year – I'd say like all throughout the pandemic, cause it's been scattered. I don't know whether it's due to the age of the businesses and it's just been time, whatever. Cause obviously as businesses get older, the chances of them failing, you know, whatever, maybe it goes up cause a lot of them were startups. Um, I don't know if that's a real statistic, but maybe cause they're, they're older or maybe cause of COVID or whatever, probably due to COVID, but we've, we've shut down more sites now by a factor of about. I mean, this is not a real, like, this is an estimate, but I would say three to four hundred percent. We've shut down sites, modified them heavily, uh, you know, closed things down, changed how things work, stuff like that. It's been a real hectic year, like, not, not only for us, but for our clients as well. Uh, Like just as just as recently as like a couple weeks ago, another site shut down. I've taken sites from full functional sites down to just landing pages, um, stuff like that. So people are downsizing. People are closing. And we obviously had closed. The reason why I mentioned the uh, age of the business statistic before is because before this, I think we've had two or three businesses shut down and a couple of them were just sort of side hustles for the person. So they weren't too serious. Now I would say we've shut down or heavily modified what I would attribute personally to COVID probably three or four things, uh, which is pretty sad. Like there's a lot of stuff changing and a lot of stuff kind of going down the tubes and we're lucky enough to be able to stay in business and have obviously survived to 2021 and 2020 and all the rest of the stuff as the pandemic had begun. However, um you can it, it it's bizarre because you can see the effects, but you also can't see the effects um, in the area that like we live. A lot of businesses have not really been shutting down um, now, though, I've seen more and more businesses locally shut down as we hit another wave of covid so we're kind of in this this thing like mike said where it's like this it's like the the train of suspense where it's like as the waves go waves of covid go up it's sort of like the suspense goes up and people that were hanging on maybe a restaurant or maybe a, like a little small mom and pop shop as they were hanging on as another wave comes in Maybe they didn't recover as quickly between the waves or what have you and the savings are wiped out and it's just over. Or people are taking earlier retirements than they normally would or they're not passing businesses down to their kids or whatever the case is. It, it's like the pandemic has really changed the landscape is I guess what I'm trying to say. It's shaped It's shaped the landscape certainly in a way that some businesses are obviously better equipped like take- takeout businesses and other places are not. We're lucky enough, like I said, to be in tech, but it being a being in the service industry like we are, we can see the effects on a very small sample size, of course, but it is affecting people. People are, you know, late with bills more than they normally are. People are uh making, you know, a bunch of promises where like, you, you know, you just sort of roll your eyes and be like, oh, OK, like yeah, like, like, sure, bud, like, yeah, this thing, this, th- I'm sure this idea will take off type of thing. It's like led to more pessimism, at least on my, in my behalf. It's really shaped what I would say our thinking and our overall, um, expectation. It's, it's, it's a weird year. I've heard that like, a, or the weird set of years almost at this point, you know, it, it's a, it's, um, there's always problems and there's always ups and downs in the market. And there's obviously going to be times where it's like, man, that was the heyday and now it sucks and this and that. But this is, you know, the heyday for some, not the heyday for others. Uh, and it's just a really weird time to be in business. And that, uh, that's really my piece is it's just, it's just a really weird time to be in the service business. And I'm, and you know, doubly as hard, if not well more than doubly as hard for people that need an in-person business.
2: Depending on where you are, of course, in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, exactly. And I think we get lost in the tech sometimes and we get lost in the fact that the tech industry had a crazy growth this year. And we think that, hey, like you know, development is where it's at and stuff like that. But it's bound to go up and down everywhere uh, at some point. So, yes, the service industry kind of hurt and other, all the other things hurt. But think about the freelancers and the, the people that are working with mom and pop shops making them websites, like agencies, they're probably hurting too. Like I heard, we know that at the start of the pandemic, a, a bunch of agencies had to let go a lot of staff because they their businesses that they were working with were a lot of physical retail businesses. They couldn't pay them anymore to do marketing, to do website creation and all that because they had to fund their own employees. So there was a trickle down even to tech and just because maybe your industry wasn't affected and just because you had a great year It's good to kind of understand that it's not across board and some people did struggle uh, during 2021, during 2020 because of COVID. I think another thing that kind of gets looked over is the fact that because everything kind of went to shift work from home, to shift to work from home and um, all these opportunities start to pop up with technology and coding and development in general. A lot of people started to shift into our industry as well. Not that everyone can, not that everyone will, not that everyone uh, is, is you know, not that we have too much. I don't think that's the case, but the competition to get those junior developer jobs increased significantly. That was one thing that I for sure noticed in 2021, where I was talking to a lot of junior developers throughout the entire year. And yes, some did get jobs and that was amazing, but some struggled and some like, had to really grind it out. And it was months and months and months of like tough interviews, tough, you know, skilling up course development on their own and trying to stand out. Like I found that that was one of the things this year is like, you gotta stand out. You can't just be a developer out of school getting, trying to get a job and hope that, you know, without a portfolio, you can just walk into, you know, a, a company and get the job. That's become difficult, not impossible, but that's become very difficult. Now, now everyone's looking for junior developer with experience and, uh, the experience can be like, you know, your own freelance projects or freelance or your own personal projects. They're looking for someone that quote unquote has that passion in the development sphere and they want to hear about it in the interview. They want to hear about it in your resume. They want to hear about it in your cover letter uh because for every person that doesn't have passion there will always be someone that does and obviously they're going to want to take someone with that passion because they know that you'll you'll go out on your own and look for something now whether you have to fake that passion or not that's a different conversation we've talked about that before um because it, it it's it's a gray area whether you have to have passion to be in the industry but regardless that's that's a trend that I've noticed in 2021 that it's really important to Stand out a little bit as a junior developer. So with that, let's move on to some positives, right? Because although we had this tough time in 2021, I'm sure people that are listening now are like, what are you talking about? You had the biggest growth of your entire like ever for the podcast or ever for HTML or things or for yourselves, because that's what we've been talking about for these last couple of months. And it's true. We have 100%. But what I wanted to like put this base on is that the growth started because of uncertainty, We got into this phase where Matt and I had conversations steadily about like what to do next. Do we go out and get jobs? Like we had that conversation, right, Matt? Like we we legitimately talked about, hey, should we just go out and just stop this HTML things thing and stop digital dynasty design? Let's get jobs. Or we're like, well, we have some savings. Why don't we try to do this and that and this? And something that we landed on was since Matt's side was actually starting to provide some income, like a good amount of income and some steady a steady clientele we shifted a little bit where before Matt was handling a lot of our social media stuff and I sh- and and um and also working with clients right so he was he had to balance a lot we shifted it away from Matt a little bit to myself because now my main job or my main uh, contract was gone so I yes I had a couple of small things that I was still doing a couple of billable things here and there but for the most part I was free and we we're like well let's use that time to pump it into the podcast pump it into html things pump it into ourselves and build some stuff and that really is what started this whole thing like that's really what started this growth of the podcast was that decision to shift and to take that risk and to you know rely on our savings a little bit which for sure has paid off and to say that 2021 was a failure is so wrong. Like 2021 was a very, very good year for us, uh, in terms of fi- even financially and, and in terms of growth as people and developers and as a company. It was a great year and it started off with that shift, with that shift in mentality and, uh, just consistency and all that to build out an audience, to build out the podcast quality, uh, to build out great, you know, great episodes to build out great relationships with people so that we can have them on the podcast and really provide uh a, a lot of insight from different perspectives in the community, right? So we had like the Prathams on, we had uh Yuri on, like there's just so many different perspectives all the way from junior to very senior people like Theo and stuff like that. I look back on those episodes and although we haven't done an interview episode in a while, which is on purpose and we'll talk about that in a second, but it's, it was really fun. Like I, I honestly, I was almost doing it for myself to be able to talk to these amazing people uh, because they're just coming from such different backgrounds. And I figured, Hey, if I'm interested in it, I'm sure other people will be too. So we shifted a little bit to kind of like an interview show. And I think that although maybe not everyone loves the interview style podcast, because maybe some people were here to just hear Matt and I rant at each other or yell at each other. Um, I think changing it up every once in a while and trying different things is a really key metric for us. Like we were just talking about that before this podcast where we're like, what do we do with our Instagram or what do we do with this? Well, I think we're, we're at the state where we want to just try different things and see what we like to do and see what the audience likes and try to always find that intersection. So we're, we're getting better at it. We're not good at it. I would say yet, but it's for sure a skill that we're developing uh and, and has been developing in 2021. So we're going to continue to do that kind of stuff. Uh so once you if you come back to the podcast and you haven't listened and all of a sudden we're doing, you know, more produced shows or like uh a, a series of episodes about the same thing all of a sudden, it's because we're doing these things that we're trying to we're trying different things and we're always going to be innovating and we're always going to be pushing ourselves. We're the show isn't pigeonholed into anything, in my opinion, right at this point. And and Matt, you can kind of chime in if you you think that in in a little bit, but I I don't want to pigeonhole the show into anything right now. I want the show to be open-ended. I want people to come back, you know, drift in and out, the ones that are interested. I want to attract different audiences as much as I can. And I want to find the right, the people that are interested in the content that we're creating now and the people that aren't, it's okay to like, you know, shift to a different show. There's a million different podcasts out there. Personally, I don't mind people coming in and out. And I, that might be a controversial take for a podcast creator to say. But for us, I think it's more interesting this way than producing the same kind of content week to week to week to week. So that's something that we learned this uh, this year is trying different things, trying different things for the show, and then really hitting our community. And something that we didn't do before just because we didn't really have the time was building that Twitter audience uh, we kind of used Twitter very utilitarian before where we were just posting every once in a while that a new episode has released, which is, you know, it, I mean, it wasn't doing much, but it was there. So for people to find, some people were using Twitter to find our episodes. So fair enough. But um, what I started to shift into was more of a community engagement. So instead of, instead of really even posting about ourselves or anything, initially, all I did was find people, like-minded people, and just comment on their stuff. So every day I would go and spend a good hour, hour and a half just literally commenting on other people's posts and connecting with them and sometimes DMing them. I'm I'm still an introverted person. I still, I still hesitate to to just DM out of the blue. Uh, but sometimes it just made sense where like a partnership could come up or a collaboration, or just just like literally sometimes I would DM and be like, hey, I really like this product that you're working on. Like, that's awesome. And something would form from that. So I was putting myself out of my own bubble. I was really enjoying the shop talk part of it. So that just, just uh, my own selfishness. Uh, before, yes, I had a, I, I was a dev lead. I had a team of developers, but I had no, I didn't have enough people that I could just like talk about development stuff or freelancing stuff or content creation stuff with. And all of a sudden Twitter opened that up for us. So that, that natural kind of relationships those that the relationships that i've that i've built were very natural and um it wasn't bot induced like i wasn't posting like a bot in any way shape or form i was posting it myself i was making mistakes i was spelling like spelling mistakes or even just like posting mistakes like i was posting garbage sometimes um and i i own that that's fine but overall i think that that's what kind of brought people to it is like the re the realism of the account and my name and the face that I added to it and stuff like that—it wasn't just HTML. The things it was Mike at HTML. The things so people were kind of finding someone there and connecting with them, and then them is is the me in this case. So that was that was an interesting revelation for us. Like we didn't think that that would work. Honestly, like I didn't think that would work. I was suggested to do it a couple of times, so I tried, but it definitely did. And that was one of our biggest growth factors this year, right? Like having the audience of over 17,000 followers um, for sure brings people into the podcast because people can see the posts that I post now. People can uh, comment on, on on my posts and be able to drive that engagement up. up. So for sure that helped, right? Different A different take on show notes also obviously contributed to it. There was a lot of little factors that I'm not, not going to name everything that helped with, the growth of the podcast, but I think really overall, the concentration. So before we were very divided, very split, like, again, I was working as a tech lead, Matt was working with all of our other clients. It was very difficult for either of us to be focused and to try different things and to actually like consistently provide some sort of product there. Yes, we were the only consistency that we had and the only consistency that we really had time for was the podcast. And we did that every week. So that's that it's been going on for three years now, over three years. We did it every week. But for everything else, it was just on top of that. So if Matt had a span of a couple of weeks where he could post, he would post. You know what I mean? But if if um if Matt couldn't, because he had X and X and Y, we couldn't do that because I couldn't fill in for Matt at the time. I didn't have the time. So there was a benefit to the to the fact that we lost. A, a project to the we lost a big contract and i think the a really big lesson that we learned there was that you have to adapt yes you could panic yes you could we could we could have probably gone out and got some jobs and that may 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 or may not have worked who knows um but in the end at the end of the day you have to take risks and you have to adapt and th- those are the risks like those are the things that are that are going to pay off like you have to try and for sure, without what we were doing, like if we went the traditional route, none of this would have happened. And the opportunities that we're going to talk about maybe in, in the next segment to look forward would never have come to, to fruition. Like we we would never have thought that the podcast could be a potential, you know, wage for us at some point down the line. It's not right now, but like it could be. Right now, it's it's a very real possibility. So obviously, we're trying different things with the podcast because we think that it's an actual final product that we could achieve. So none of this would have happened again. All that there was a lot of other stuff that I could talk about. Like uh, we hit a bunch of milestones with the podcast uh, in terms of growth. We, we we're exceeding, well exceeding our pre pandemic levels, which were already kind of growing, and now we're kind of. I don't want. I don't want to say doubling that, but like we're we're very very high in the on on our on our stats and our it, it's growing you know on a week to week basis. So we're really happy with that. Well, uh, the we thing got, was yeah. like with that, not to interrupt
1: you, but mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, Mike. It was so bad when the pandemic hit and like the lockdown started that we almost pulled things offline. Yep. We thought that it would hurt the SEO because the numbers had fallen so quickly. We were thinking, not as experts, but we were thinking, holy shit, if we can't pull these episodes, the algorithms are going to kill us. They're going to think that our content is now no longer listenable and shareable and will never get out. We almost pulled the podcast offline in some capacity, whether it be temporarily or otherwise, because the numbers were so bad and did not recover as other people in various Facebook groups and other things, which were for general podcasting across different fields. They were reporting recoveries and we were not. So it was, uh, even that was a
2: bit of a roller coaster. Just wanted to throw in that tidbit there. Absolutely. So that, that was more of like a 2020 thing, but it was, it, it definitely carried into the 2021 for sure, because really the growth only started in the last half of the year for us. So we were grinding away. Like, and when I mean grinding, like every week, our episode numbers would be very stagnant. Like we wouldn't grow. We would hit those episode numbers of whatever they were in, in listens, but we would never grow. Like it was like, it was like, it wasn't putting it out into the ether because we had a good audience and we loved our audience and we loved our discord group and stuff like that. So that really, really helped us get through the hump, but not seeing growth for that long was difficult. Like I just, I'm being honest here. That was really difficult to see. Like we would, we would have constant conversations about what to do and it would always come back to, Hey, this is COVID. Like we just got to stick it through. And I'm glad that we did. And again, it was a combination of things that brought it up, but like One thing I do want to say is a really big thank you to the people that stuck through. The people that were here from the very beginning that were in that lull, like that lull that we couldn't grow in. The people that continue to listen at that time, you are the reason that we were sticking through. And without that, we would have definitely pulled the plug. Like we would have not continued the podcast and we would have not been here talking about this episode. So thank you very much for sticking through with us. Um, and thank you obviously to all the new listeners because that helps us grow and that helps us, that helps us refocus ourselves into, into different, into different goals now. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, and thank you everyone for sharing. Thank you everyone for doing all the things that you've done for us. Uh, just reaching out and just providing some comments, like really, during that time, I had a few people reach out and be like, I really like what you're putting out there. And again, that would boost me for a few weeks. And I'd be like, yes, like one person really liked what we were doing. And (laughs) that would be enough to get me through that like three week stretch. And then I'd kind of go down again a little bit. But regardless, we got through it. I'm really glad that we did. It's one of those consistency things that like doing it every week has started to pay off. So Matt's 100% right that like, We had many options on the table that we, we might have, we might have shut down the podcast for a while and we didn't. So that was a good, that was a good decision in my opinion. But the other positives and the things that happened in 2021 was us going into a little bit of web three. Um, and web three is controversial and all that, but I don't really care about that stuff. Like I'm talking development wise. So I learned what the blockchain was, I learned what cryptocurrencies were, I learned about their positives and negatives, how they influence, how how the technology works with the web development side of things more than anything, like I, not the smart contract side, the web development side. And that really opened up some opportunities for us and landed us some new contracts that were able to pay and, and fill those amounts that we were missing. So that was a very, very positive thing about 2021 was a, a Web3 shift that we're continuing to find new things in that space and continuing to explore it we're not giving up i I, this is this is the difficult part like i'll have an episode on web 3 and i have like kind of a not a controversial take but i have a a very pragmatic take on it i was about to say we're not going to give up web 2 but web 3 doesn't mean that you're giving up web 2 it really web 3 is essentially just like a library for communicating with the blockchain in terms of web development Everything else like CSS, HTML, JavaScript, APIs, every like databases, centralization, that still applies to Web three. So like it, giving up on Web two, like you, if you gave up on Web two as a web developer and focus on Web three, you would have no work because they, they can't. Web three is just a very very small part, and knowing it is great, and obviously provides you with opportunities, but it's not the be all end all of web development. You have to know the basic foundational foundations of web development to be able to know and get into the web 3 side of things. It's not one or the other. Web3 is not a replacement for web two. It's just it's just a misnaming. Like in my opinion, it shouldn't have been named Web3. It should have been named blockchain bridge or whatever. Something well, like the, that.
1: Like there's something to be considered there too is there's a, there's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of people Web three, Web three cryptocurrencies, NFTs. You're probably rolling your eyes, and so am I. You hear about it way too much. You hear, you hear about it way too much from mainstream, uh, from you know TikTokers, from everyone because it's the hot new thing. And it does sound, Mike's hundred percent correct. It does sound like Web three is going to take over Web two. But the thing is, is that Web two, in my opinion, is really all about the the cloud computing side of things. When people say centralization, what they're generally referring to, and I'd like to be clear here that I'm generalizing at a very high level, but in general, Web2 to me is a more or less about with the web apps. Having things that are computed in the cloud such that your local computer doesn't do that. I don't believe you're going to see a Facebook, like meeting facebook.com, the social media network. I don't think that you're going to uh have that be computed and hosted on a blockchain like i just don't feel like that's feasible at least at this point i don't see a reason like there's no real reason to do it and then also there's other things to consider too like uh, let's say like a really late web 2 tech or a real mature web 2 tech would be streaming games so meaning you, you know you have a you don't have a console anymore. You stream it like Netflix. So maybe your TV could just straight up do it like the new Samsung TVs. I believe are going to do that for Google stadia. So you're not computing the game. There's no GPU or whatever, or there's a really rudimentary one just to literally display the image, but you're not like, you're not rendering the graphics locally. That, to me, even though, yes, it was possible years ago with a service called OnLive and then they got bought and yada, yada, and there's a whole tale there. But in terms of it being like for the consumer, that did not really come out until Web3 was not necessarily maybe in full swing, but certainly at the very end of Web2 when Web3 was around. And then obviously it's still maturing to an extent. So like Web2 is still, you know, making things. At the end of the day as well, if you think about it, if you need to buy a spatula or some sort of physical good for your kitchen or anything else for your home, for example, you're not going to go on Amazon and they're not going to sell you an NFT, which is a token to then get a spatula. Like you're going to go to Amazon.com.ca or whatever, and then you're going to buy it. And Amazon is going to run on a Web 2 cloud computed centralized system because why would you Web 3 that? Yep. It's really the that I understand why they call it web three, and it's fine for the people in it. It's kind of not fine for the consumer. and it's really confusing for them, and I really don't blame them. Web one to web two was obviously a big step, and web two, not completely, but did did take over a lot of what we do on the web. So it not wasn't a replacement for web one, but it certainly was a big help. Uh, or it certainly was a big change, I should say, but web three, I think is going to be less of a change than you think, because if you just don't care about crypto and you don't care about NFTs and you're just not going to touch it, you might get affected in some way down the line, but I don't think your Facebook account is going to suddenly become an NFT or something. I don't personally see that happening just because I don't think it's realistic. And like, why would you do that?
2: Yeah, at least anytime soon. Like right now, Web3 is not in a place where it would make sense to do that. Um, I just don't see any reason to do it either. That's the thing. Like I don't want to say it's never going to happen because at some point, Web, like the blockchain, the cryptocurrencies, uh, will be very powerful and much more computer-esque right now they're kind of like very very slow computers and eventually maybe they'll become faster and faster and faster but again we'll have this conversation in a a completely separate episode on web 3 and i think our take is very similar like matt and i have a very similar kind of view on it but it's not the same as like the 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 community's view i think the community is way too polarized on it in my opinion it's like one or the other like you can't have both it's you know what i mean like it's There's nothing wrong with Web3. It's just Matt's right. It's not going to be part of your everyday life for everything that you do. Like you're not going to be interacting with Web3 when you wake up in the morning and doing something like making your coffee. Like it's just not going to happen. So treat it as what it is. We're using it as a way to get into a new field, as a way to establish ourselves in a new field. And that's working great. So that was a great opportunity for us, and I'm glad that we took that step in, into Web three in terms of getting contracts, getting money, and learning a new skill. Right? Everything else, uh, really. The other really positive stuff was creating the first course, like this felt uh, for beginners on Udemy. That was really fun. Like I, we, I set a goal for myself. Like we, Matt and I sat down, we kind of planned it out together, and we we set the goal and we did it like we we created a course i think it was in a month a month's time like it took a little bit more to plan the, the the early stages but then after that every day i would work on it and i'm really happy with the end product i think we made something that was different than what was on the market a little bit more practical in the sense that i i was giving assignments on every single lesson i was hoping for people to actually like code along and do the assignments and change change some things a little bit like cuz my ethos is that when you're Doing a tutorial, just doing what the instructor is doing isn't going to help you as much as taking what the instructor is doing and modifying it a little bit is what's going to solidify. So that's the ethos that I made for the course and the assignments where you take the instructor's view and the instructor what the instructor did, but also change something, add something, do something, do something different than what you see on the screen. And I think that really kind of resonated because I saw the assignment completion rate was actually pretty high for a course. And in fact, the completion rate for the course itself is higher than the standard um, completion rate for Udemy courses. So, I'm, I'm happy with what turned out. Obviously, made a ton of mistakes, uh, learned a lot of things and the next course will be better, 100%. So, stay tuned for that. We're going to – I'm going to start creating that very soon but that was a really fun experience. With that, I learned about video editing and that's something that I want to continue to do both for YouTube and course creation. So that's definitely going to be part of this segment too, look forward, like what what we're going to be doing next. Um, and then the last thing here is really Svelte. Like I, I dove into the Svelte community. I I found kind of my Svelte, Svelte family. It's a great JavaScript framework. I love using it, not saying that it's the be all end all and nothing else would come out. Like I'm not shilling for it. I'm just saying it's a really fun tool to use at this point. And uh, it's really good for the front end. Like if you're creating a website or you're creating a web app and you know React, you know Vue, or maybe you don't know any of those things you want to get into JavaScript frameworks, it's one of those things that I highly recommend you check out. It's really fast to pick up and it's really powerful to learn. But yeah, uh, I think that's it for a look back. I think Matt and I have kind of given our views on what we've done, what what we what we've achieved, uh, what we think kind of went wrong. But I, overall, Matt, I, I don't know if you agree with this. Twenty twenty one, in terms of our business, HTML, the things, good year. Call it a whirlwind.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to like to me a good year is I just kind of pop in and be like is everything going good in here yeah all right and then I just kind of walk away um I mean good year in that we survived we you know made some money we had like a lot of good milestones you know I'm not complaining or like judging or whatever that uh, but uh, uh definitely a lot of sleepless nights especially during the famine part and uh you know the whole covid lockdowns and blah 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 so all that stuff so I would say uh, a good year A good pandemic year is probably the best way to say that. A good pandemic
2: year. That's a a, a good way to put it, actually. I like that. So a good good pandemic year. We had that. We survived it. Now let's take a look forward, right? Let's take a look to 2022, the year that we're in right now, the year that we're recording this in. And let's talk about what we want to kind of accomplish. So I'm going to start here with my own personal goal, something that I want to do for myself. So the number one goal for this year, and this is – It was a goal for last year too. I just – I haven't mastered it yet and I'm trying. Like if you have any tips on it, send me your way. But focus and time management. I've said this many times the last three episodes I think that we've talked. I'm working too much. Like I'm working anywhere between 10 to 12 hours a day on different things. Like it's not all one thing. It's not all one contract. It's HTML, the things, contract work uh, and just developing skills and stuff like that. I'm doing too much web development. Let's just say it that way. I think because I'm getting distracted because maybe I'm, you know, shifting focus too often because I'm not properly managing my time, I'm wasting time. And I'm not being I'm not able to focus as much. I've had less deep work hours this year than last than the year before, for sure. That's 100%. So that's something that I for sure need to work on. I need to work on deep work, focus, time management. Those are my number one things because I think everything else kind of aligns under them. Like I have these problems where if I don't have a good focused work session throughout the day, I have a really hard time ripping myself away from the computer to go and work out or do other things like read or, you know, entertainment wise, do anything because I'm always guilt. I feel guilty because I didn't have that session of work even though i did a bunch of stuff and i you know i talked to this person i did a little bit of code here and there i i wasn't able to achieve what i thought i could achieve and i it's it's a it's many different aspects where i have to kind of lower my maybe my lower, lower my expectations for myself but i also have to kind of work harder i have to be able to focus better and i have to be able to follow my tasks like i have to be able to you know pr- prioritize and complete the things that i need to complete in a shorter amount of time, because again, 10 to 12 hours, I think pers- personally, and this might be ridiculous, but I think I can get that done in like four to six hours if I actually focus, because I, I find my mind wandering. I find myself context-wasting too much. So very important for me this year. I'm That's my number one goal. If I fix that, I think everything else kind of aligns. Next thing for me is mind, the mind. I read a lot in 2021 I read a lot of like entrepreneurship books. I read a lot of uh, just – I don't want to say self-help books. I read a lot of like productivity books, stuff like that. Books that aren't just uh, fiction, that aren't just for fun. I'm going to continue to do that. So that's another goal. Like I'm going to continue to read more books that help me and I'm going to do it more mindfully as well. So one thing that I've noticed is like I'll read a book and I'll like the, the, the goals of it, but I won't do anything with that information. So – I won't even like write any notes about it. It some of it sticks. There's no doubt about that. Some of I I use some of it still, like some some information that I learned, I use still. But I feel like I can get more out of it if I were to mindfully write down some notes. It doesn't have to be in depth about, but it's just something about the books that I'm reading. So I'm gonna track the books that I'm reading better. I'm going to journal a little bit about the books. I'm not gonna dedicate myself to journaling just yet, because I think that's a whole other thing that might be a 2023 goal. But for now, I'm going to provide a little bit of concrete written word to the stuff that I'm reading so that it sticks a little bit better in my mind. So again, just continuing that trend. The other thing that I need to do is obviously focus on health and nutrition. That's not, you know, that's not a crazy thing. Everyone has that goal and everyone should have that goal, in my opinion. Like just exercise and nutrition. Nothing crazy. I'm not, you know, saying I'm gonna lose hundred pounds or anything like that. Like I just need to reshift my focus a little bit to it. I need to uh, continue to do what I'm doing but add more to it. So, every day I've been doing some exercise, some sort of exercise, whether it be 10 minutes, whether it be 20 minutes and I need to kind of up that a little bit, up the intensity of it because now I've gotten to the habit down but now I think if I add on to the habit, it will exponentially increase like the the the, the results. So, I'm going to build on that habit of exercise to get something better done. I'm also going to eat a little bit healthier. And again, this isn't like a crazy, I'm going to go on a keto diet thing. I'm just going to be a little bit more mindful of my, the food that I'm eating, if that makes sense. I, I, I don't like, for me personally, I don't like the concrete systems of I have to eat this many calories to you survive and that's all I'm going to do. Like I don't do that, but I do try to be mindful at least, and I'm going to continue that and maybe read a little bit about nutrition and kind of shift my goals and focus on nutrition. And the last thing here is code-wise, right? I want to learn a little bit more other than JavaScript. So I've, I, I'm have i fairly confident with JavaScript now. I'm not perfect. No one is. I don't think anyone can learn JavaScript top to bottom because there's so much. But I'm confident enough that I think I can branch out to different languages, and one of those languages is going to be Rust for me. So Rust is a kind of a multi-purpose language right now. One of them is WebAssembly. So you're able to create really, really efficient web applications that if you need some sort of like crazy video rendering or video processing, a lot of that can be done in Rust at a very low level and very efficient and uh, performant. And the other thing is, like the Web three conversation that I was having, Rust is also used for smart contract development on a blockchain called Solana. So learning Rust will give me the opportunity to maybe get into a little bit of smart contract development, which is a very uh, profitable game right now. I don't know if anyone knows, but it'll also probably give me the opportunity to still stick with my Web two fundamentals, which I'm really important are really important to me. Which is again being being able to code some more complex applications, especially in terms of performance for the web. Uh, with uh, WebAssembly, the other thing I might go into some GoLang. This is kind of a stretch goal more than anything like that. GoLang is a backend language that um, developed by Google. It I've I've delved into it a little bit recently, so I've, I've kind of I've kind of grown to like it a little bit for backend. But I'm I'm still sticking more to the uh, to the front end side of development and using kind of complete solutions for backend like headless cms's or uh some tunnels and stuff like that like i I'm I'm still gonna stick to that ethos but if I need to develop something in the back end maybe I'll go in and learn some golang so that's really it for my goals um that's what I'm kind of trying to focus on obviously there's some other family related goals and some monetary goals that I could talk about but I'm not going to for this one this is more more around just the basics, the fundamentals. Matt, I don't know if you want to throw in your goals and then we can move on to the milestones for us. I
1: had a question about your goals actually. Sure. Um if you're working 12 hours a day, like are you really gonna like read about like mind and health and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like
2: well, one I'm of trying the things- to lower that. Like my 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 number one goal is to lower that amount that I'm working.
1: No, I, I understand. But one of the things that I always kind of thought, always think is like One thing that I, I feel people do, and I do this myself as well to an extent, is we, we grind too much in too diff, in too many different areas. So for example, like health and stuff is a very like complex thing. So to me, it would be like, okay, if I'm going to be doing a bunch of coding and I'm going to be doing a bunch of like time management and stuff like that, then I should get a service to get me in line or a professional to get me in line in health. If I'm concerned about that, the same way that we don't, we didn't spend, you know, years or months or days reading about tax law. We went and got an accountant because one of the things that I feel like people do nowadays is they grind all day this is going to sound really weird, but they grind all day to take a happy looking Instagram picture. (laughs) Like it's a, it's an impression I'm getting from a lot of people, whether I'm completely wrong or like whether I've pissed off a bunch of people is maybe it, but I feel like we grind. Like, I, like if you don't have a passion for health, like, I don't know if you do, I'm not like trying to call you out specifically, but if you don't have a passion for health and like, I can't talk, uh, I'm not a very healthy person at all, but if if you don't have a passion for health, then why grind on it in terms of the reading? Like, sure, like, you know, go to your healthy things, but like to me, it's sort of like if I was concerned about that, I would go and get a professional to tell me how to be healthy and then I would go and do that.
2: I, I think you make a really good point there, honestly. Um hiring a personal trainer or hiring a nutritional expert mm-hmm. or something like that is a much more efficient way of doing it. And in, in fact, in fact, I'll I might even take your advice in the sense that i might just do that this year like i might hire someone like yeah like why 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 add on to the time management reading and the and the entrepreneurship reading with the nutrition reading when i could just hire someone to do it i think that's another mentality and and part of maybe the focus on time management that i need to fix is like not stretching myself too thin on that stuff you're right i'm not really that passionate about nutrition or even exercise i do it daily but I don't care about it that much. So reading about the nutrition and learning about it myself is probably a fool's game. And uh, especially
1: when it's not a, a singular, like the biggest thing is that it's not a singular path. There's so many different diets and so many different methods, and there's fasting. And like whatever. Like there's so many different ways. You would have to like get a magazine subscription, read multiple books, which are probably novel and novel length you know a couple hundred pages or what have you then you have to determine whether that's right for you whether like that fits in your food budget whether that you know and and like i understand that people think you know people like realize that health is important and so if the, if somebody meaning a professional can boil it down to and this is just a made-up thing but like run for 20 minutes and eat a lot of asparagus or something you know what i mean like it, it it's boiling it down so that you're like okay, that's just a task now. Like, none of us wake up and go like, like, hell yeah, I'm going to go brush my teeth. You know, mm-hmm. it's just something we do. And so it's a, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is, is like, I feel like people grind too much to the point where it's like, well, I'll lessen my hours, like you're saying, but then I'll fill it with th- like, I'll lessen my hours by four hours, but I'll fill two of the four hours with uh, like healthy reading. And then I'll fill the rest of that by learning more JavaScript because that's not really work. And then I'll like go and learn this. And then you realize like every day you just like wake up and it's like you're just grinding for what?
2: Yep. No, I I think that's a great point, honestly.
1: You know, like that's just that's just the impression I get from just (laughs) from people like some people love grinding and they love a whole bunch of stuff and they always want to like run around and do stuff. And that's great. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But like to me, it's sort of like Especially when you when you're, when you you mentioned the fact that sometimes you feel bad when you're not getting, like, a longer uh, work session in and stuff like that. It's like, I do know a bunch of friends that will consistently say, like, oh, I feel bad on weekends, so I'm not going to game, or I'm not going to go out and do this, or I'm not going to go shop, or I'm not going to go do this. Like, the stuff that they want to do. Instead, they'll, quote-unquote, go and do something productive, but they'll never stick to it because they don't care about it. So, it's just, it's just an observation. I'm not trying to, like, call you out, but... Um, yeah. No, no, it's just, I think
2: it's a good observation. I think it was a good it was a really good point because uh there are professionals out there that are just better at this stuff than us and why not use them, especially if we have the the means to do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if you have the means, it's sort of like it's sort of like that that whole thing where, you know, somebody somebody will be doing a home home improvement project or something. And like one of my arguments whenever I have like a family member trying to do like a home improvement project or something along those lines or fixing a car, they'll they'll spend say 16 hours on it so you know like two weeks of their spare time on fixing something and i'll be like well what, what like how much would this have been if you called a plumber and it'd be like well, oh, it's 600 bucks i'm like well like then why didn't you just work like a little bit of overtime at what you know what to, at, at, at what you know what you're doing in and then just it wouldn't have been 16 hours worth of overtime and then like paid a guy to come and do it mm-hmm That's just, that's just my, that's just my, my piece on that. Uh, that, that's a little bit of time management too. So that kind of fits your goal. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. So, yeah. So, with yours, do you have any personal goals or do you want to only get into, um, the business goals? I do have personal goals, um, but they're more professional, I guess. Sure.
1: Um, my personal goal is honestly that I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, we're in this weird, part where it's like am i doing content am i learning to code more this and that so that's the really the question is am i you know should i be dedicating a bunch of skills toward like coding skills like code this up or should i be dedicating a bunch of skills toward like you know svelte or like i don't know whatever should i be dedicating skills toward that or should i be doing something something more management of Hey, we have a bunch of ideas for content websites. Should I be learning how to manage a website more effectively? Because that's obviously another type of skill set. So I have to manage like a little bit of staff and manage a, manage a project and like learn a bit of marketing. And that's a whole other skill set. Um, you know, it's easy. It, it's easy. Just it's easy to just post something on WordPress or Webflow, but it's not easy to like make sure it's managed and time properly and stuff like that. And that's a skill that I also don't have very much of. So it's like a question of that. Um, and then it's also a question realistically of should I be laser focusing on something? So should I be laser focusing on one of these things or should I be spreading myself out? Because like. I'm, I'm, you know, saying almost criticizing your goals, if you will, saying you're spreading yourself too thin, but then I'm also doing the same thing professionally where I'm saying, well, should I be learning how to code this and go here and do that, but then also maintain this for the client projects and then run over here and make sure that's okay. And then go over here and make sure this is okay. And then I'm, you know, then I'm getting like half a day a week <laughs> of each of these different skills. And then I'm not remembering things and I'm getting frustrated. And so it's like, do I laser focus on one thing, like managing a site? Do I laser focus on just felt or, you know, what do I, do I laser focus or do I, do I scatter? I don't want to seem lazy, but I also don't want to over overburden myself, that type of thing and whatever. So that's a question. Uh, another thing is, is I should probably take a vacation of some sort this year. I think the last vacation I've taken yeah. was like 2016. Like proper, proper vacation. Like I've taken days off here and there or whatever and like kind of like taking it easy over the holidays, whatever. That's fine. Like I always do. But like it like burnout is setting in a little bit. And I kind of just, like, roll my eyes at everything now. Like, when something comes in, it's like, oh, And then I go and do it. It's not like I don't go and do it. But, like, I'm noticing myself just becoming a very, like, pessimistic worker. Where I'm just like, of course they need email help. You know, but, like, but yeah, of course they do. <laughs> like, I should expect it. But instead, I'm just like, oh, like, here we go. And so I think that's a little bit of burnout setting, like, filling in. Now I realize you can't go travel, this and that, or whatever. And I don't know. So, that I, I have, like, very loose personal goals, um... But they're more personal, professional goals, I suppose. I don't really do personal goals, which is is weird. I've
2: never heard you you have a goal. It's interesting.
1: I've never been like, yeah, I'm going to go and like drink water or something. Yeah. (laughs) Like drink water at like a proper rate. I'm just sort of like, like I'll do it for like two days and then be like, ah, you know, Mm. because I'm not like passionate about drinking water or like whatever. I'm just kind of making something up. But yeah, I've just never really had. Maybe I should. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm a weird person. (laughs) <laughs> highly eccentric <laughs> i don't have personal goals i just sort of like i don't know complain about stuff and then i just sort of do it i just kind of get, just sit there and complain and then i go and go and handle it so that's that's that's, <laughs> that.
2: that's the best. this is the most unique goal section i've ever heard <laughs> in my life like it's it's like it's a goal section where you're questioning the need to have goals and if you ever have goals or if it's a negative or a positive so i wonder honestly at HTML, everything on Twitter. Let us know if you have the same kind of thought. I, I guarantee you, Matt, that probably fifty percent of the people listening to this right now are in the same boat as you, where they're like, "I don't even <laughs> want to do goals. Like, fuck goals." And uh, I remember, maybe, maybe I, I it's was the right way to do it. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm more of like a traditional task-oriented person, sure, where I need to have those things, otherwise, like my brain collapses, but. I could see it going either way. Like maybe just chaos is the way to go. I don't know. Like let us know on HTML, everything on Twitter. It's one of those things where like, I
1: even like, I'll I'll be asked constantly. Like I drive a really old vehicle to be (laughs) fair. And like, I'll be asked constantly, like, don't you want to like portray like a businessman? Like, don't you want to like, you know, the the stereotypical question of sort of like, don't you want to portray that? Like you can afford a car. And I'm like, that's no, all right. Like I, was, <laughs> I just don't. I just do not like. I it, it, it is, and I'm serious when I say this. Like I do not care. Like it's just like, nah. Like, <laughs> like I'm not gonna show up to a meeting like unshowered or something. You know. Um, <laughs> but you're gonna
2: do it in your in your car though, for sure.
1: Oh, I absolutely have shown up. Yeah, and my yeah. My, my 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 bumpers held held together by a couple of like twist ties and oh yeah, like it's or plastic ties. But yeah, like it, it's just I don't know. Like it's just something where like. I just do not care at all. (laughs) At all.
2: It's amazing. An amazing take on life. You should write a book. (laughs) Honestly. The art of doing nothing but also panicking or something. Can I piggyback on your vacation goal? Like, I really need a vacation. I was – I did – go to russia to visit family for two weeks um but it was anything but a vacation because first of all i was working throughout my time there and second of all the panic and the disaster of traveling in COVID times across multiple layovers and across that kind of distance with that kind of time change as well was very difficult like one probably the most difficult part of the year (laughs) for me was this trip um Even with all the other stuff that I was mentioning, just because of how stressful and stuff like that, everything went down. But so I need a vacation as well. Like I need, I need something where I even a cottage. um, I would love to go somewhere tropical, but like it's not looking like that's going to be possible in the near future. So, yes, I mean it's technically possible, but
1: I'm not going to. I wasn't willing to take the risk at least at that time. Like I wasn't really. I I just. Here, here's, here's my, 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 my theory on this is that I really don't want to get stuck in someone else's lockdown. Yeah. I don't want to go somewhere. It doesn't matter where. I don't want to go somewhere and then be like, Oh, great. <laughs> so now I'm stuck here. I just, I really don't want to do that. Luckily, like in Ontario, there's actually quite a bit of vacation-ish spots. Like there's up north and there's mm-hmm. also like, there's actually like some pretty scenic, like areas and there's some pretty scenic, like places. So like. Maybe that'll be in the cards this year, depending on lockdown status and this and that and the other thing. But the thing is, is that if I get stuck in a lockdown here, I can just take the highway, like, home. (laughs) I don't have to be like, well, is there a plane this month or whatever, right? Is there a travel ban in place? Like, how do I get out of here? And then now I'm paying thousands of dollars for a hotel stuck somewhere. Like, I really don't want to get stuck in that situation. I understand. So, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's my. Personal goals, 101. (laughs) uh,
2: Yeah, with that, let's go on to the milestones kind of for the business. Um, I've only written down a couple here, but there's a few other ones that I'll add. Uh, So one thing is I think I want to continue very heavily on the Twitter engagement side of things. I don't really care about like follower milestones or anything like that. Like I'm not going to name a number that I want to hit. But what I want to do and a goal of mine is to establish better engagement with the community. So right now, maybe our engagement level is somewhere in the two to 2.5% rate. I would love to up the engagement. So what that means is essentially when people see my post, they either like, comment, whatever, like they, they, they talk to me. That's what I want more than anything. So I want to shift my focus to that to get my engagement up at least one or two points. Um, I know some of that might not be realistic because it's very difficult. Like engagement is one of the hardest things to do, but I've learned a lot along the way. I'm still very early in my content creation career. So I think if I focus laser focus on getting people to interact with me, that's going to benefit everything else. And the followers will come, the, you know, the likes and stuff will come, all that, all that will come. But I think the focus for me right now is going to be on engagement on the Twitter side of things. The next thing is obviously podcast growth. So like we mentioned before, we've grown the podcast. Um, we have over 300,000 downloads slash listens. We have uh, many, many followers like again, people listening. Thank you. Uh, we have, we, we, we reached some milestones along the way where we can now kind of present those milestones to potential sponsors. We can present those milestones to potential collaborators and get somewhere so I want to continue that growth to the point where I I don't have a number like I again I'm hesitating to to give a, an exact number because we're just entering the growth stage in my opinion of the podcast so and I've never been in this stage and I don't think Matt, Matt hasn't either so if we set a number now and we hit it that might be a bad thing for us because it's all of a sudden like do we get complacent? what i'd rather do is again i'd want i want to focus on building building the podcast where we can establish better relationships with the industry that's really what i want to focus on because that's been the most fun that i've had even even having the the sponsorship conversations has been great because again i get the inside look at how a company works with the sponsorships how a company works internally i get some inside information that's been fun for me So I want to build on that part of it. And I think, again, if I focus on that and I focus on the growth and the Twitter and everything like that, the rest will come. The numbers will come. So I'm going a little bit of a different approach to milestones because it's not number milestones. It's just what I want to accomplish, what I want to achieve in the podcast milestones. Again, better relationships leading to more helpful sponsorships. Maybe even better relationship with the community leading to more Patreon kind of subscriptions, stuff like that. We still haven't gone down the route of where we want income to come from to the podcast. So it, we might even shift, like this is a total possibility, shift from sponsorships to Patreon, right? Like we, to just pure Patreon so that the community kind of guides where we, where we go with the podcast rather than corporate sponsorship. But it might not go that way. Like the, like I said, the sponsorships have been really fun to work out and work with. Um, so I want to continue building that out and figure out where we want to go with it. That's really the main goal of the podcast. The last, the next thing here would be, I want to continue to develop courses. So last year I developed one course. I had a lot of time. I was able to focus on it this year. I want to develop at least two, I would say, at least two courses during the year, I'm hoping for more. But realistically, I want to get better at course development because I know that as I do it, as I find my rhythm and as I find my, the most important thing, my niche, like how I'm different than a Wes Boss or a Scott Talinsky or a Brad Traversy, right? How am I different than them? I need to find that out. And the only way I can do that is by creating the courses. So I want to continue to do that to find where I fit into the the landscape of course development so i know i like doing it and i know that the audience at least the people that have bought the course have in, enjoyed it to a certain degree the reviews are enough for me to continue to do it the, the purchases are enough for me to continue to do it i just need to kind of develop that out um and i think that's it for the, the the realistic stuff for html the things on the on the business side of things like the money side of things i think a big portion of that will be Finding another kind of another steady contract, whether that be a six month or a year long contract that I can focus on without having to, you know, panic about other contracts. So I liked the stability of having something like that. And I, I've had it for the last few months and I'm hoping to either continue with what I've had or find something that's just a stable and continue to do these kind of like focus on a, uh, HTML of things for a day or two during the week and focus on the contract for the rest of the time. And that balance builds my skills and development. That's how I'm going to keep building my skills with the contracts and my skills and leadership because most of my contracts have been leadership-based. Um, and it's going to allow me to still communicate with the community to still be, you know, a daily presence on all of our social media platforms and stuff like that. So, That's my main goal. Again, there's no monetary figure there. Uh, I just – I want to find that consistency.
1: Yeah, it's – like Mike and I have said to ourselves like several times that there's just so much going on that it's hard to – like Mike literally told me about a couple of things that came in like (laughs) yesterday and then he like mentioned a company name and I had no idea what he was talking about. Uh, And then it came back to me once he explained it. But it's just – There's just a lot of random things going in because a lot of opportunities that you get are obviously, you know, not a good fit because it's always random, not a good fit on our side or their side, or it's one of those things where, you know, they don't have the budget. Or it's not what we thought or we're not what they thought or whatever, right? It's, it's a two-way street and it's it's chaos out there. So so obviously with opportunities coming in, which is great, it's just there's a lot of chaos, a lot of stuff that is uh, what I would call consumable information. Consume it, okay, and then I can just throw it out and that's kind of what my brain does. And so I, it, it's just a big chaotic, uh, m- like, I don't know, melting pot of information. Um, I do have – some milestone goals, whatever. They're a little bit more specific. Uh Now, whether these will be 2022 or not remains to be seen. I also have some concerns in here and stuff like that. But I do want to hunker down a passive income. Passive income is uh a lot of what I worked on for about a year and a half-ish, Um, maybe about two years because it would be, I guess, 2020 and 2021. And a lot of it, a lot of that passive income stuff got us through the famine part. Now, it wasn't a a heck of a lot, but it was something that allowed us to sort of survive. And so I think that we should hunker down, or at least I would like to hunker down or at least get something up that another thing up about four that or that generates passive income. Um, Now, whether these are projects that we start and work on and then get them up to the thing or whether we acquire them, like we use money that we have, we invest it in some other website like we purchase out buy out a website and then continue to maintain it. That is sort of the loose part of this. Um, I do want to try, and I've said this over and over again, but like obviously things keep getting in the way, but I do want to try different methods that people advertise. So people on TikTok will always say like, oh, you just do affiliate marketing, this and that and the other thing. And I realize that a lot of these, uh, you know, social media posts are obviously limited to like a minute or three minutes or 30 seconds or whatever. And they're telling you the the story, but not the full story because there's just straight up not enough time. So it's obviously people will say, oh, just get into flipping NFTs. That's not easy. And I'm not saying that we're going to do that on a business perspective, but the things that are more specific would be something like affiliate marketing or maybe trying to make a couple YouTube videos that'll work or making some other sort of content. That type of stuff, I think, is kind of in our wheelhouse and it's good passive income. The, my concern with all this, though... Is a concern with a lot of things, but it, it's the fact that, you know, is this a waste of time? You know, is this too scattered? Should you focus? Like, should I be focusing on one particular site? Should I not be fo- like, it's, it's, it's part of the personal goals thing again, but it's, it's always what holds me back because you'll work forever on something. You'll make a social media post about it or you'll post the blog post and then it just goes literally nowhere. It's not like it did okay. It's not like it did better or it's not like I have expectations of I'm going to publish an article and I'm going to get 400,000 views. I'm not expecting that. But when it gets three, it's sort of like, eh, like that was a lot of work. Is this a waste of time? Should we just go client work? Like this is always the question. Um, but to be more specific about hunkering down to passive income, two kind of high level things that I want to do. One of them sort of a wish list and the other one is um, something that we're probably going to actually do. So I want to try an affiliate marketing website. So I want to try making uh, a website where uh, we've already purchased the um, – the URL for what streamers use. And so I do do the odd little bit of streaming with a couple of friends once a week. And it's interesting to me. And I watch the odd streamer here and there, mostly clips. I prefer the clips just myself. And so I kind of want to, uh, all right, when we were starting streaming, I, we hit a lot of roadblocks. Like, I don't know whether it's like a millennial thing where like (laughs) maybe millennials are all about uploading video. And like we're stereotypically too old to be (laughs) streaming, but We were joking that we should have been streaming us trying to figure out how to get the stream working because we just could not get gameplay to work for the longest time. Hardware wasn't working. This wasn't working. Things weren't recording. Even like even just recording the stuff was a disaster. And I realized that it's not easy. Like a lot of outlets have said like, hey, this is a you know a total disaster. Sometimes things just don't record this and that. And the other thing, audio doesn't work, whatever. Um, but I think that maybe we can make the experience a little bit better. So I don't want to make an affiliate marketing site just for the fact of affiliate marketing necessarily. I actually want to have it be useful. And one of the things that I kind of thought would be cool to do is to have a section which would be almost like a web app where a person would answer a set of questions like, what's your budget? What are you streaming? You know, is this a a talk show? Is this a whatever? What is it? And then we can suggest equipment based upon that, whether it be based upon user reviews or our reviews or whatever. Like I would have to kind of take a look at how to get a lot of that knowledge because obviously I'm just doing, um, I'm just doing like marketing um or i'm just doing i'm just doing marketing i'm just doing gaming like i'm just doing gaming streams so it's like i don't have like a ridiculous amount of knowledge about all the different types of streaming but then like that would be i think a cool little app whether we get insights to someone else or whatever is you know remains to be seen i'd also like to be writing articles and guides on setting up you know streaming software and ideal internet speeds and all those basic questions so get a real basic question um spread if you will of guides where someone can just start and be like i literally don't even know what a stream key is what is it how do i get going because we were amazed when we just got a stream key put it into obs did a couple of the little things for video quality but then press stream and it worked that was such a foreign concept to us because it's like well do i log in somewhere like what do i what do i do it's just not easy for someone that's a complete beginner and having been been there experienced that and been confused in a group of people too so it's not wasn't just me being a fool um So it's something to – something that I kind of want to do or that I do want to do. This is always the big question is like, is this a waste of time? Like, you know, is this going to take years for it to take off or is it not? Affiliate marketing hasn't been around for, you know, that long in terms of how big it is now in terms of its current form. So it's like, like, is it going to take years? Is it just going to take a couple of weeks? Is it going to take a couple of months? Is it all about SEO? Is it not about SEO? Do I need to find – it's a big question. And then it's also all about expectation. Are we going to generate a living wage from this? Probably not. But are we going to generate enough to invest in another project? Maybe. So it's this is always the question. Um, and then this is actually more of a personal goal, but it's something that I want to do in the business is we always revisit this. I really want to have some sort of mobile app at some point. Now, whether I stream the creation of it, build it in public, or even do this at all is always the question. But, you know, we've been dancing around building a mobile app of some sort just to sort of get that experience and get something out there for years now. Um, so it's just like, should we even make it? You know, should we make a mobile app? It's something that's always been bouncing around my head. Um whether it's something like a game collection manager or something close to no BS news was, or, you know, what, something, like, I don't know, maybe something that doesn't require an infrastructure. It runs locally on the device just to go to sort of get our feet wet. And we can choose, I don't know, Kotlin, or we can choose something specific uh, rather than maybe we will use Cordova, maybe we won't, like just to sort of get the full experience. Because I have made a mobile app once, uh, and that site has sadly shut down. So it's like, I don't know what I want to do with it. That's the big question. Um, that's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, I'm hesitating because I don't even fully know. I just really want to try to make a mobile app and whether it happens or not or whatever. Now I mentioned these sort of throughout, but I'll kind of attack them now. So general concerns about my personal goals and my professional goals and all this is, you know, how long will it take these projects to generate income? Is this more so an investment that will pay dividends but is this literally an investment that will pay dividends in terms of like, we have to wait, <laughs> we have to wait for a collection of years until like retirement to get the dividends. Like, we don't want that. So we have to kind of consider it being like, okay, is this an investment where in a year it'll start paying out in six months, in three days? What is it? And what's our projections? Those are always, those are always big concerns. Uh, will these projects succeed at all? That's always the big question is like, you can't just, you can't be really making a horrible what streamers use website. And then expect it to do okay and then be like, okay, now I'll invest the time in it. You can make, you can cut corners where appropriate, where you're not going to maybe make that web app idea for at first and stuff like that, where you can make a good website that is, you know, within your budget in terms of time budget and monetary budget. But it's always a question of like, will this, su- will this even succeed? That type of stuff. Um, there's also another question of like, do you need to continually update these things? Like, do I need to be constantly in the streamer space? Um, short of the, obviously the initial writing period, do I need to be always in this and constantly writing streamer articles? Like, I don't know, to be honest. Um, are these websites even feasible now? These affiliate marketing websites even feasible now? Like that's always the question. Like I, how much SEO am I worried about? Am I worried about like, do I need to become a streamer to do this? Like a full time, like, like what is the, what is the investment in time and to make this successful? Like what is the projection again, once again and then also it's just about the content as well is content king I always hear that but then is algorithm playing more important like playing the actual algorithm more important that's a question and so I realize it's a bit ranty but like this is sort of my thoughts for the year um because these are high level like projects that I can sum up in a couple of minutes here but they're not something I can certainly build in a couple of minutes so it's just a question it's just a question of all those things, you know, where we're going, what we want to do, do we want to take risks? Like, it's how much risk do we want to take? Risk? Do we want to take up opportunities, or can we surpass opportunities to take a certain amount of risk? Where what's the what's the level? Is some if someone comes up and says, "Here's a hundred million dollars," you know, obviously then, you know, if everything changes, it's it's a big it's a big question. And so I don't know whether you want to weigh in on any of this, Mike. Like what like how you want to deal with this because my role is kind of. I'm kind of in limbo. It's like I'm still doing a bunch of client work, obviously, because I worked on getting the passive income off. So a lot of the a lot of the passive income is from maintenance contracts. And we're working on that. A couple of those things have not worked out, A couple, meaning they've literally shut down their businesses. A couple of people, maybe we need to like up their subscription fee or yada, yada, whatever. There's some management to be done there, certainly, uh, as there always is. But it's like, do we start shutting that down, <laughs> even though we took two years to work on it? And then I start going into content is how worthwhile is that? So, it's it's ranty but it is
2: it is ranty. Like the source material is ranty. <laughs> yeah. I think honestly and uh, you can chime in on this one cuz it's a little bit difficult. But one one of the things that I think we need to do is yes, start weaning off the contracts that we have that aren't generating or don't have the potential to generate the income that we need from them. Right? So if the contract that we have is is being more of a pain point than a positive in terms of both communication and income, we need to actively start removing those, those contracts.
0: Right. Or managing them in a different way. Yeah. Managing them in a
2: different way or, or, you know, just getting out of those situations, right? To free up your time and your, and your, um, concerns. Like, you know what I mean? Like to, to free you up. And then, and this, this is the point that I think you might contest on, but, I think we need to find that thing to, that for you to focus on. So rather than – and I know I think you like being all over the place. I get that. I understand that kind of mentality. But I think we need to find the major thing to focus on. Not Not saying that you should only focus on one thing. But there should be one major thing that you're working on at a given time. And the other stuff is maybe minor upkeep of s- certain things, but it should be, you know, taking, you know, an hour, a couple hours a week. And the rest of the time it should be focused on kind of the one major thing, whether that's the Year's website or whatever we figure out. I think that should be our goal because I, I, I don't think you've had that opportunity yet for a long time because you've been kind of all over the place. And again, I understand that you like being all over the place, but I also think that I kind of want to see how you do and if you like having just like the one thing, the one yeah. major thing. It, and it doesn't have to be permanent. Like you could do it for a couple months and be like, I, you know, I have hate this. Let me go back to being all over the place and that that's where it works out for us. Then that, that's where we go. But I just – I'm kind of curious how it would go. You know what I mean? Well, it's, it's also a
1: question too of – you can laser focus in a, in a scattered environment, if you will. So I could be, you know, the head of what streamers use, but that in and of itself is scattered because it's like, we have to get the website up and this and that we're web developers. So we're going to build the website, but then it's also the content and yada, 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 yada. So it becomes scattered within the focus. um, Exactly. Which is also a thing. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you actually. Like I, I I'm down to try it. Certainly like, uh, Because like the scattered the scattered nature, it's it's really weird. So when something when something goes off the rails in real life or, you know, on in in work, I'm pretty good at being like, okay, you do this, you do this, you do this, I'm gonna do this. We'll call this person and then we're gonna we're gonna reconvene. Like I'm pretty good at doing that. But I wonder if I'm good at it, but I'm like subconsciously not as productive as I should be, or maybe I'm not enjoying it as as much as I should be, or something. Like whether it's you know what I mean? Like I, maybe I would be really good at being like, okay, we're gonna make a what streamers use website, or we're gonna make this gaming website, or we're gonna make this web, this web development website. It doesn't matter. That, you run this project and see where you get into eight weeks or something.
2: That's where I'm. That's where I want to see. Like that that that's kind of what I want to test out as well. Because I don't think you've had that opportunity. I'm I want to say almost ever. With I was us. gonna say
1: I don't know if I <laughs> I don't know if I ever. Yeah, have. Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't think you've. So so I think we're I think we're in a place. To do that monetarily and uh, with the help that we have and the potential to get more help um, where, again, you would be just focused, laser focused on one thing. And, and yeah, I, I think setting some sort of time constraint to see where you can get to, not setting a time constraint to see like you have to finish it by this time, but setting that like, hey, in eight weeks, let's review where we got to and if you like this kind of thing is where I'd want to go as well. You know what I mean. So I th- I would love to try that at least this year, um, with you, because then yeah. if that works out, we can have a another plan going forward where both of us will work on laser focused things, right? And it'll just it will make things more predictable if that makes sense. So it'll be easier to plan ahead. And, I, and this is going back to my own insecurities and my own problems, but planning planning ahead. Calms me down a little bit. So if we can get there where we're both kind of happy with the plans ahead, and we're both able to execute to a certain degree, then it might it might just make it easier for us to do these kinds of reviews. Because right now it is really difficult for both of us because we're like it's all over the place. But if we can settle that down and consistency again, I, I think a lot of the reason that we didn't take vacations and that we do panic is the fact that it is always ad hoc. It is always all over the place. Whereas if we had this laser, it doesn't have to be laser focus. I I don't want to use that word too much because that just seems like we're kind of like machines. But if we had this kind of um, structure, a little bit of structure there in what we're working on, then we could say like, oh, we're going to do this eight-week period. We're going to do the review on the eight-week period and then we're going to take a week off. And then in that week, we'll have clarity, we'll have vacation, we'll have we'll avoid burnout, then we'll come back and we'll do another eight-week sprint or a four-week sprint or a six, whatever we decide. You know what I mean?
1: And 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 it can and realistically, at that point, too, you can plan for the vacation. If my exactly. daily becomes, hey, I need to write for HTML of things, and I need to also write for what streamers use, just a total hypothetical. I'm mm-hmm. um, Like, I'm a writer in this focus period, um, and I'm writing a whole bunch of stuff, I can say, okay... But what I'll do is I'll put a little extra writing in – rating hours in this week and then we'll have, say, three articles scheduled over the week. So now the um, the 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 predictable nature lends itself so that we can compensate when we're not there. Yep. Right now, it's sort of like, well, if I leave, is this going to go down? Is that going to go down? I'm the only one that does these backups. So like are these backups, like should I take another backup? And and it becomes this like I remember on like Christmas Eve, I was doing a backup because I was like, you know what, I better do this.
2: Yeah, I and do that stuff too.
1: You know? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's a you know, it's a team thing, whether we're yeah. working on the same thing or not. It's like we both do it. Yeah, we and mean. it's sort of like it would be nice to have the predictability, which is weirdly when you were saying that, it's weirdly what we've been working toward, maybe not intentionally, but if you think about it, we've really reined in clients where we say like hey, you know, we're going to answer in 24 hours or we're going to have a 72-hour answer period or this is how we're going to do this and this is how we handle certain cases. This is how we back things up. This is a... And, and, and it it's really become procedural so that even though I did the backup at a at a weird time, I did it in a normal way. Like in, in a proceduralized way where I knew what I was doing. I wasn't just like, where do I put these files? Like... <laughs> You know, it was a, you know, a clear cut. This is how we do it. This is how we file it. This is how we archive it uh, way. And so, yeah, like I honestly, it would be really cool to see. This is like it, it, it's a crazy revelation, like just live on the show, but legitimately short of a, a school project, there has been very and, and schools scattered all over the place because you got different classes. I don't think I've ever and I'm serious. I don't know that I've ever been. Super laser focused for say a locked down eight weeks, six weeks, or something like that. Maybe once, once or twice at work here and there, right where they'll say, "Hey, you got to do this," and it just that—that's like, just how long it takes. But in terms of us making the project, certainly this has never happened.
2: Yeah, it's always been like at best a week. Yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. like at
1: best, like really at best. At best. Like usually, it's yeah. like we're gonna start Monday. Uh, Monday, everything went down, so we can't start today, (laughs) It's you know, every time. Um, yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good observation. And then, you
2: know, I think, I think we can get there. I think we can get there early, maybe even start, start something in at the end of January for that. But I think we need to, we need to plan it out. Like we need to sit down and try it and, and be okay with failure on it as well. And be okay with adjustments and stuff like that because we're not going to nail it out of the park right off the bat. But I think – I totally think it's doable and I think it will provide much better consistency for us and and just a better work-life balance. That's really – (laughs) really if if we're talking about what we want, I think for both of us is good slash perfect work-life balance where we can predict that, hey, we need to work these these days or uh, not even these days. We need to work this amount. We can spread it out over however much we want whenever we want and then we have this amount of time that we can just, you know, dick around and do whatever the heck we want with our, our own stuff. So, if we can get to the point where we we can have like eight-week sprints and then a vacation and then any eight-week sprint and then a vacation, I think that would be awesome. And obviously, in that eight-week sprint, we're not working 24 hours. We're working our regular whether it be five-day or even four-day weeks, like ideally four-day to be honest.
1: Well, the thing the thing too is like one of the things that I've always wanted to get out of is I'm, I'm down for, you know, if I have to work a real long shift or if I have to do – if I have a project that's coming up and like there's been weeks where it's like a couple 16 hours and an 18-hour day or something. Like I'm down to do that. One thing I absolutely despise is having the looming email where it's like if something goes horrendously wrong, they're going to call me. And I constantly like think about that. So it's it, I realize that's a luxury to not have that, but it's, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm so much more productive if I can just sit down and work on something in an unfocused way, clearly, uh, where I'm just like chipping away at it without the looming sort of maintenance thing. And we do work with a contractor that helps a lot with that, to be clear, for more coverage. But it would be really cool to see if that's completely gone, because you and I will, like, Mike, you and I will talk on the weekend when we're, quote, unquote, not supposed to be working about HTML, the things. Both of us are cool with that, though. Yep. But if it comes down to me calling you and saying, like, hey, X Project's having trouble with their DNS, it's, I'm, like, it's, it's an eye roller for me. And it's certainly an eye roller for you, I would assume. Because it's like, oh, take, like, I'm about to go do this. Like, of course, there's DNS problems or something, right? Where as if we built something out. Certainly, there would be the eye rolling moments. It's not going to be perfect, but it wouldn't if, if if what streamers use went down. It's like it's on me because it is us <laughs> like we built it out and it and it allows us to we still have to work <laughs> like we're not going to be, you know, lazing around, but it allows us to be accountable to our own selves. And if we're de- if we're OK with it being down for a day, then it's down for a day. Yep. It's not like somebody calling and screaming and freaking out. Oh my God, what do we do? <laughs> and like, it's just chaos as we, as we experience as IT and, and tech professionals, it just allows us to sort of rein that in and be like, okay, we're going to do our work. Like it's not going to be, you know, a, a, you know, a 15 minute day every day <laughs> or yep. something, but we're going to be able to mess around with our own schedule and just get it done in our own pace properly, if you will.
2: Yeah, I like it. Honestly, honestly, I think we got there. I think this is what we wanted to do this session for, honestly, just, just to be perfectly clear with everyone in the audience. This isn't a session that we scripted. <laughs> this is something that we actually are using for our own selves, like to be able to talk it out, figure out what we want to do and move forward. I think it's important that. We do it between Matt and I, but I think it's also really cool that we can do it with our whole audience. So if you enjoyed this, again, let us know what you think. Let us know about your plans, again, HTML, everything on Twitter, uh, or you can just join our Discord with HTML, the things, and just let us know where you're at with your situation. And I, I want to I do these more often, Matt, honestly, where we can just publicly, because this is as public as it gets, talk about our goals and our plans and then follow up. So maybe 3 months down the line when we've had a couple of these sessions we can record another podcast where we follow up on was it successful was the structure helpful was it not where we where we went wrong and uh i i honestly think that the, that's the kind of stuff that i wish i heard on podcasts because it's just most of it is kind of done behind the scenes i found so i'm that's what we're trying to do.
1: Yeah there's a there's a place for what I, what i'll call an audio show and then there's a place for what I would call a conversation and I realized both are podcasts. So like they're close in nature, but like, this is very unscripted. Uh, the very first thing I thought of when you said that too, was I was going to, as a, as a troll, put that, um, that reality TV sound that, Wah! or something at one of our like <laughs> tense moments or something like Mike, Yeah, you know, I don't think you should learn about health and like the head snap over and look at me and, Wah! Yep, I it's like it. Classic reality TV, but <laughs> but but yeah no i agree um even if this is this becomes a web news or something where we make these like more brief because mm-hmm. obviously some of the the talking points were obviously scripted and we wanted to go we wanted to hit certain yes. areas but if we did this like little chat part that we're doing now uh we did that as a web news even that might be a cool little evolution of web news here and there too and stuff like that but yeah no absolutely um I'm excited now. Like I, I'm excited to try something else in terms of procedure. We always try something new in terms of task. And then I'm always like running around just doing more stuff. If I can just focus on one project and actually see the the, the, the fruits of my labor, I think is how the phrase goes, mm-hmm. then uh, I think that would be awesome. I'm, I'm excited for it too. Into the metaverse we go to, to start planning. <laughs> yep.
2: Love it. All right. I think we well, can uh, roll up the old uh, outro.
1: I was going to say, the first time we're speechless at the end of an episode, especially mm-hmm. me, always chatting away. Uh, well, if you liked episodes like this, um, we are on uh, Patreon. That's patreon.com slash html the things and check out the tiers and give that a go. Many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks. JavaScript slash rabbitworks.javaScript. Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com. Chris from Self-Made Web Designer on self Tim from The Web Hacker on TheWebHacker.com. DL Ford from DL Ford.io. Bib Hashash from NineBlockMedia on NineBlockMedia.com. Jason from GeekLifeRadio via GeekLifeRadio.com. Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca Magnus from YesWeb via YesWeb.se. And Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale New-ish at this point. Twitter handle. Feel free to leave a comment. Or a review on the platform that you were listening to this on. And we
0: are signing off. You've been listening to HTML, all the things podcast Signing off.